Welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toast to the Arts and Park show with the National Parks Arts Foundation, who are known for their amazing artist residencies in parks across the country. Hey, everybody. We are super excited to welcome back Ben Cosgrove to the show. Ben is a traveling musician. He is awesome. His music is beautiful. And uh, we first met him back in, I was looking it up, August 2022. And it actually feels so far away, um, that time frame. Yeah. But, um, it was, yeah. It Barely like a years. year ago, though, you know? Yeah, just over a year ago um, when he was the National Parks Arts Foundation Artist-in-Residence in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. And so we're going to catch up with him today on his travels because he, he's like Nancy and I. It's a nonstop road trip for him. He performs all mm-hmm. over the country. And he just released uh, his new album. It's called Bearings, like like a B-E-A-R, like a bear. Bearings. And it is absolutely or like a compass. exquisite. Oh, I like the compass. Yeah, that makes sense for you, right? Um, but I like bears, too. <laughs> I can, can I change it to bearlings? But everyone go to yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. com. Yeah, no, but it's a beautiful album. Nancy and I have been listening to it all day on Spotify. And, oh, thank um, you. Yeah. It's so good road trip music, actual... I've, I've been told. I think so. I want to play it in a park. Do you have an actual physical album, or is it mostly online that, that yeah. people can? Oh, no, oh, no, no. Cool. People can buy. Um, yeah, I've been selling a lot. It's available on you know all the streaming stuff, but then also on CD and on vinyl, you know, LP. No way. And I've been surprised. Ooh. With, well, you know, with this and also my last album, the LPs sell so much faster than the CDs do. I think there's just, That's even exciting. though they're like a little more expensive, like they're, they, I, yeah. I've sold out of LPs for the previous record. Um, wow. I know so people there, doing something cassettes. peculiar about, I don't know, I, I'd, I'd be a bad like store manager. I'd, I never would have expected that, that, would, that would be how but, it would But go. you know what? Because it's sort of encouraging. Me, I know th- this sounds dumb, but your music is listening music, right? It's you, yours is, it's an experience. Nancy and I have been listening to it. And then, you know, we were just like, oh, Nancy wants to make videos. She was like, I want to make a video to this song. I want to make a video to that song. <laughs> I'm like, I'll ask him, you know, if that's okay. Cause she's like, she wants to, you know, cause it's all nature. And, and oh, I know. Of course it's it, okay. That'd be great. I, I, I yes, love Nancy. She's I, sitting I get, right here. People send me videos every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, she knows she really wants to. She he says hi. Ben says hi. Uh, but she's like, I I want to do a video because the music is beautiful and you can see, like for us, um, there is some it there is movement in nature and actually an artist we we uh, work with. She's on our show every month. Victoria, she's a contemporary figurative artist. And as I was listening to your music, and I think we probably went through this the last conversation, but it's happening again. I was like, you're catching okay, it's been, movement. It's been over a year. We've got a. I know. And, and, you know, I'm just getting younger, but, um, and my brain's getting better. Who knows? But she, she paints, um, <laughs> figurative, you know, uh, contemporary figurative art is that movement. Like, so she, she's known for her cats, but she's like, do not call me the cat lady. Um, and she paints all kinds mm-hmm. of things, not just cats, but it's like when a cat is about to like swat something, it's the movement before the swat that she captures and your music Ooh, has that where you know what I mean? She gets those little moments and I feel like that in, in your music that you have those moments and you feel like you're traveling. I'm very happy to hear that. Hiking. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Like that? It's it to- totally. I mean, that, that that's movement is all I think about. I feel like the, that's what uh, most of my music and especially this album have always been about. Um, I just well, think it's like it's a good thing that for like piano music to illustrate, you know, because you can't, uh, yeah, you know, not to get too heady about it too early in the conversation, but there's just like a oh, way that on. like how music works for you, like it unfolds over time, right? So the only way you can like illustrate a gesture or something is by like planting little points over over space. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and even when you look at a piano, how the keys move, not on the keys themselves, but the actual strings, the hammers, like ding, ding, ding. There's something magical to me about watching that. I know the keys, you know, it's all beautiful, but I like the inside of a piano because it moves. It kind of reminds me of nature, of legs moving, like cricket legs. And that's yeah. how I'm starting to oh. be weird. <laughs> you would No, no, you would have loved to watch the recording process for this album because it was all... Um, uh, like we kind of took the piano all apart and just like put fabric everywhere to, to kind of mute the strings and stuff. 
Um, oh. So you can see all of the all of the guts moving around. So I, I think in listening to it, you should be able to hear stuff like the pedals moving and all mm-hmm. the uh, the keys triggering and, and the hammer mm-hmm. hitting the strings, all that stuff. That's um, what I was hearing. Just That's I feel like that that helps that helps like show how like all of these small actions are creating this sense of you know steadiness or movement or, or whatever you're feeling you get to hear all the, like the component parts that I feel like is important. With, with your playing, you have so much dynamic. And I think that's what Nancy and I really uh, enjoy is there's a tenderness to the music and a beauty, but you give um, your dynamics are really interesting to, to you, you've, you know, you have to go through it more than once to really start to like hone in, but you, um, you, manage to use space between notes to create dynamics whether it's now i'm going to rush it so now we're going to have more notes and then we're going to use space between and also volume and there's a tenderness that i think you know pianos have that and an organ can in a way like the old school organs can do it and you can do it also yeah. because of the pedals right having the bass i mean you've got to be good you've got to be good at an organ to do it <laughs> yeah yeah organ yeah is, such a such a crazy instrument I dig them though, but your piano playing, having the dynamic, you know, people always go, Oh, dynamic is volume. I'm like, no, there's a touch. There's a tactile touch of almost, it's not like a guitarist will bend a note. So you kind of have this, I don't know how to explain it, but you're, you're not bending a note, but you have a soft to, you know, hard or vice versa. Like, well, okay, now it's fast. It, it's funny you say it, but like, I feel like, this sounds like something we might have talked about last time, but I, I, all of my, I don't listen to a lot of piano music, which is like a weird feature of me as a piano performer. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> like all more of my, than all of my friends you. are, um, yeah. Yeah. All my friends are like folk singers. They're like the guitar players and banjo players and violinists. And, um, I think a lot of my, um, life has been spent kind of like hearing them do cool things on their instruments and, trying to figure out how to do how to get that effect out of a piano mm. um so i wound up a very like peculiar piano player but <laughs> but, but it, it is still like the instrument i choose to do all this stuff with because i don't know i feel like you can do you can when you're playing a piano you can kind of be everything you can you can yeah. illustrate so many things at once you can go and solo you can, you can go so high you can, you can play 10 notes at once you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I mean that's that's a limit of singing, you know. That, except for Janis Joplin, she can do chords, you know. She sings. Chords, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Think. Or like if you're a Tuvan throat singer, you know. Oh my <laughs> God! Don't start me on that. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. I'm like, that's a rabbit hole for me. I'm 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 not going because it's like you. Mm, I'll go down a rabbit hole. So I'm I'm going to behave on that. But I'm so into <laughs> yeah, that. I am so into that. Next because, next interview, we can talk about yeah, <laughs> so the Tuvan thing. I feel like now I want a didgeridoo, but anyway, so because it's the same thing that circular breathing, right? And so, yeah, all right, that's a that's a that's a you know rabbit hole. But I want to go to the album cover because what I find interesting is the album cover. It reminds me of a you know of going to a gallery, right, and seeing paintings, and then oh. the outside is like the matting of a painting, right? But then the painting part is got braille, what looks like to me like braille. Right, and yet that's where yeah. the color is. So this is very fascinating to me. Tell tell me about the cover because it's cool. I love this cover. So the 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 piece is actually just that thing in the middle, which is like this little sushi roll. Um, <laughs> that uh, it's made by this this amazing artist um, that I, I love. She's a friend of mine in Alaska uh, named Katie Ioni Crane, mm. and uh, that piece is part of a series she did where she would take. Um, little cards with braille on them and wrap transparency with the landscape photograph around it. You kind of get both layers of it at once. Um, And then I kind of like having it looking very lonely in the center of the frame. Um, But that's part of the the movement to get to that, to get to it. You know what I mean? And the, and the landscape photograph is like, it's kind of blurry itself. Um, do you feel kind of at sea? And then the Braille says, um, if you, if you, apparently I, I, I can't read Braille, but I've confirmed that this is what it says. It says, um, uh, every spot that we are standing in was once in a different place. Um, so I thought for, 
for this album, which is all about movement and orientation and like like figuring out where you are, getting your bearings, I, I thought it was just like That's framing amazing. that that piece kind of in the middle of this sort of like big lonely void felt like exactly the way to. That's fascinating uh, too. I mean, you think about you being like in Hawaii volcano a national park like that. That's like the epitome of movement, right? Alaska too. Look yes. At Alaska, oh, totally. How that's moved. But like the you have the song volcano, and it's funny because Nancy and I both just like listen to music and we don't know what songs what, and you know we just like oh I like this, you know. And we're listening, and I'm like, oh. Wait, that's that's allowed, too, though. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to just yeah. be immersed in the music. And Nancy and I are listening, and she's like, well, I see waterfalls and this and that. And I'm like, oh, I'm seeing completely this, that. The we're like, had completely different experiences, and this is the beauty of music, right? You're allowed to. But then I had to go, look, I'm like, which song is this so I can, you know, get it straight with you? And I'm like, volcano. I'm like, oh, I get that, too. But, like, it is because it's, <laughs> there's so much movement in that song you know yeah it's specifically about yeah that i i did a bunch of volcano work last summer because right before i talked to you i think i think i talked to you the day i got to hawaii so i was already pretty delirious (laughs) um and uh but i had just come from california where i was doing um a project with uh, this team from nasa who who have been nasa has been employing these volcanologists um, to yeah. like, we were in Lava Beds National Monument, and I oh, was with them right. as their artists in residence to kind of like, yeah. And they were kind of explaining to me, you know, everything they knew about how volcanoes work, and I was kind of helping them by like, you know, carrying their gear and stuff and asking them stupid questions. Um, and it wound up being the perfect prep for my time in Hawaii because I I I had just had this like kind of a, a perfect crash course in in volcanology um, and then kind of like wow. dumped in in the middle of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. And and, and I, I had to kind of like apply that to everything I was learning about what was around me there. That's amazing. Um, so that like, song is, is, is equally inspired by both of those places. It's, it's, it's a lot about kind of learning to look at a landscape that seems to you to be, you know, static and, you know, like you look at a, you look at a mountain and it's there and it's a mountain, but, if you if you can uh, learn to think of it as a moment in time and like a thing that is always kind of like moving and changing and is never going to be exactly the same for very long, uh, it feels like a good way to look at the world to me. I, I agree with you, and, and things are always moving. Look at climate change, right? I mean, that's a, a reality. And at the same time, too, you know, when you circle back around and you do so much travel, like we're all the nomads right now, right? And when you go to a place that you've been to before, there's, there's iconic places and, and things like I have landmarks of things. And then when I know like, oh, I know my way around because of these landmarks, I'm like, oh, you've been here too long. Time to go. And that, that sounds terrible. (laughs) It's It's totally like, get out now. You need to go explore again. And then you come back to that place. Things it, I I love your cover. I the the, the sentence there about you know it, everything moves because even if those land those iconic things have not moved right something in between would have which has already changed the landscape you know right like a new store could come yeah, in in absolutely. a downtown that changes where that historic clock was or something or in a park this tree maybe it's dying or something and like it'll change you know the maybe a new plant has grown next to it and it's changing the makeup of the ecosystem so everything is always changing no matter what it always is and it's like once you embrace that and that's what i love your theme of moving right and you embrace that in landscape um it makes you really start to understand the web of life even more and that's something we forget as society as human beings to we forget the web of life um, because we're so busy on our phones or whatever we're doing in life that we forget. And I think like you're just like trying to, trying to apply. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, 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 I've sort of been writing music about that sort of thing for a while. And I, I was just applied to a different type of landscape, but yeah, I think fundamentally I'm always just writing about, um, like finding 
ballast in places that mm. constantly change. Like, yeah, uh, I, I made I made an change. album several years ago called Salt, which is all about like estuaries and mm-hmm. um, places where like salt marshes and places where earthquakes happen. Like places where you can, like can't depend on the ground being underneath you when you want it to be, mm-hmm. and then like how you might and that kind of shapes the album in such a way that it's like uh, it's supposed to sort of suggest that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. If I you don't worry about that, you wind up finding stability wherever you go, even if, you know, the details are shifting. If you know how to like find the horizon, you'll always be okay. Do you feel that change has become your comfort zone? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I mean, I think any of us is always trying to find a, balance between like finding things you can depend upon and accepting the reality of you know the world is unpredictable and like anything could be yanked out from under you at any moment and um yeah and you have to change I think, your mind I think that's the thing that too. prepares you best for <laughs> things like that is like acknowledging that like no one detail will ever be the same forever mm-hmm. you know you have to look at like the broader picture and appreciate the things that do kind of well, have you seen hang, things change in parks? Like when you're talking about change in travel and everything, right, and movement, don't, mm-hmm. are you seeing the actual changes of landscape? Like, <laughs> I mean, like real changes. Uh, the, the best example I can think of is is Hawaii. <laughs> like, the, yeah, yeah, right. That's um, that's massive. That's real. That's like, yeah, well, that's it's, in, it's, in your it's, face, it's right? Very in your face and very, very explicit and very like. It was. I was there, kind of in between eruptions. But I was. I spent a lot of my residency, honestly, mostly outside of the park, looking at a lot of those uh, areas um, north and east of the park where the like 2018 eruption had really, really changed all these neighborhoods. You know, like drive down a street for three miles and then just be hit with a wall of lava. You know, <laughs> um, and just kind of thinking what that what that must have felt like in real time and and then like a few a couple months after i left (laughs) like it wasn't even a full season after i left the second eruption or or quit kilauea began erupting again wow Um, it's it's amazing isn't it like how that just keep it just like hello you think this is what's happening today no it's not and nancy and i had to learn that being on the road that you know there's that old saying like don't put off uh what you can do today for tomorrow you, you you actually can't when you're on the road because things change so quickly. And I mean, it can happen to you when you're, you know, staying in one place too. That's where the comfort zone, I feel like that's where you get in trouble more. And so like, you know, we, we've learned a weather changes, you know, on a dime we've been in hurricanes, fires, tornadoes. I mean, a little bit of everything. Um, not a tsunami. Yeah, yeah there's, a, a, there's a tornado event. song in the new album as well, actually. <laughs> See, I know I'm going to start playing that when we go through Kansas. Well, it's Oklahoma has it, Texas has it, Louisiana. I mean, everyone's getting tornadoes yeah. now. It's like not just in Kansas. So talk about movement. Those kinds of changes are happening in real life now, and we're seeing it in the weather. And that changes the landscape enormously, what's happening with, with climate change, with you know storms and then we're seeing animals change their habits and wildlife and birds are changing their habits um so we're all kind of on the move and i think nature is always known and you know ancestral people have always known to be on the move and being nomadic nomadic is just fine and i think the younger generation now has embraced that as you know as a lifestyle which it hasn't been like that forever but um yeah. Because when we started doing all of our traveling stuff, people looked at us like we were odd. And we still get that. And I don't really care. Well, but, you know. It is tricky. I mean, like, because there, there is there is some, some kind of, like, weird dissonance between, um, obviously, like, the stuff that we're talking about and, like, how maybe that that's one of the insidious things about climate change is that it happens so slowly that it feels just like another one of these you know, constant changes that we as humans have learned to live with, you know, over the millennia that we've been hanging around. Um, 
and it's harder for like you know one human consciousness to perceive like a trend <laughs> mm-hmm. towards like one you know like in in the wrong direction yeah uh, so it, it's yeah. hard to like to separate to to like on one hand become okay with like how the you know the world operating naturally shifts and changes and morphs and and moves mm-hmm. and all these like cool and interesting ways that's what's cool about geology but i think that's i said really i think so- we should oh yeah. totally yeah in all these ways that are like you know good and 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 you know like scary but wonderful and then like other ways that are like I don't know. It's 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 annoying that we there that now we have to. It's kind of like how like in January when it's warm out now, you can't appreciate a warm day. You have to think like ah man, but like, <laughs> yeah, this is probably really it, bad. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, I know. But like England's you know growing grapes and making wine now, and so there's these weird. And I'm like, go England, <laughs> make some more wine. You know, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, but at yeah, the same I guess time, you're right. it's like it's like a type of, a type of adaptation. Thing. But it's weird. Like we're in Louisiana right now when we're recording, and they're having a drought, and I'm going, "What?" You know. So yeah, I in Minnesota yeah, was having I was a drought Kansas. when we were in Minnesota. I'm like, this doesn't look like a drought to me, but it's a drought today. It's a very and, yeah. I was yeah, just in Kansas a few weeks ago. Serious, serious drought in Kansas. They haven't. There's like all the creek beds are dry. And, that's yeah, scary, man. I, we've been through some wildlife refuges in Texas and New Mexico that are some of the top winter birding, spring winter birding uh, refuges in the country. And there's zero water. And we were watching Dust Devils. And I filmed them. And I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Like, you know, I'm trying to promote people going to parks. And then I'm like, I want you to know the reality. And sometimes some of it is agriculture draining water. I think there's some interesting things on that that I can't get into because I'm not a specialist <laughs> on it. Um, but we all know it ain't good. Um, but, yeah, yeah. That, and, that, and, that, and, that is a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a real that thing. Famously that's famously a happened. thing. Yeah, it's not good for anybody, right? So the farmers need water too. And, and the farmers really are good about... Um, from our experience in interviewing, you know, numerous farmers, farmers do not waste water. Um, I think most of us in our household waste water more, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think especially as you get towards like the Southwest where like water has always been very precious. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's so different. Like, you know, we just drove from North Carolina to Tucson to go to Louisiana, to go to Texas. This is how our life is. You understand this. And mm-hmm. just to go yeah, through, we live like, <laughs> there's like water, there's humidity, and then all of a sudden we're back in the desert southwest, and my skin goes, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know the desert, you lived in the desert, like what, you know, your body goes, oh, and you have to acclimate to this, that's the other cool thing, is to acclimate to place, that's cool to me, is to kind of watch how your body reacts to places and water even water is movement yeah you know your body moves slower than your brain in my experience a lot of the time like the yeah like you can your, your brain can readapt to where you're at and then for instance i just came back from the midwest to i, I played in maine last night um and i, I was freezing <laughs> it was not and it wasn't even like it was like 30 degrees it wasn't even that bad <laughs> i think i just like it was so new to me. I was like wearing like two sweaters and a big coat and like walking around we town. <laughs> well, Felt yeah, like a crazy that is, person. No, no, we're like that. Nancy's always cold, and I'm always like, "What?" And then, oh, we're fine. No, we're not. Well, I'm we're usually fine. hot, no, so I, it's a yeah. it's, it's very it's disturbing to know that I can also be cold so easily. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the cold. I am not, and at the same time, there's also the t- you know just time zone stuff. Like, stop it, people! I always get screwed up. And, you know, can't we just all be in the same time zone? But also movement, going, keeping with your theme of movement with your album bearings, it's also really cool to experience sunrise and sunset in different parts of the country. You know, there's a connectivity totally. about it of how, which way you're driving. You know, you know, oh, I'm going. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think it is good you know? that there are time zones so that everybody's sun rises in the morning and sets at night. But, uh, I know. But yeah, it is. Uh, 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 yeah, sprinting, especially since this month was daylight savings shift. It, so I, I was already 
thrown off when I began <laughs> like spreading across three time zones. And uh, now I, I, I truly have no idea what time it is. <laughs> well, I know. And your body, like uh, people go, well, what time do you get up? And we're like, whatever time we get at four o'clock in the morning, because that way our bases are covered no matter where we are. It's like, we're up at four. Yeah, exactly. That's how it That's is. It. It's always early. <laughs> I, it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter where we are. It's like if, we, you know, but it is weird about time zones, but being watching the sunrise and sunset in different places, does that do anything for you as a musician? I really thought about sunrise and sunset specifically. I do, I do think actually, about like windows process. of light. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought about like, yeah, like when you, like places where you're in the dark for longer, in the dark, in the light for longer. But I never really, like, yeah. Just how the sun and, and like, like, like how it switches over to the moon. And I'm not talking about like the romantic, oh, let's, you know, sunrise on the beach thing. I'm talking about like just, it's so different in some places. Like, I don't know if it's the seasons. I really don't know. I need to call a, you know, a weather person or something. But some sunrises, like you were talking about Kansas. Holy cow. Kansas mm-hmm. has some of the best sunrises I have ever experienced on the planet. That is I mean, true. It, it's, it's like takes over the whole sun immediately. Yeah. <laughs> or the whole sky. Is it because of the prairie? And it's like, it's like when you get an egg and it's like, you know, for breakfast, it's like the dark orange, beautiful egg. Like, you know, it's fresh. It's from the farm. Happy chicken kind of experience. You know? <laughs> and, and that's what I look at. You know, Bob Dylan said the sun's not yellow. It's chicken. But. <laughs> Anyway, it's chicken. Yeah, I know. I'm I know gonna exactly go. This is the yolk. <laughs> We've got the yolk. We got the runny yolk sunrise, and that happens in Kansas. I've never been to Kansas without that, and I maybe it's because it's That's very That's... and all those reflective lights and everything. Oh, and a very like moist atmosphere and like yeah, that changes. Yeah, I wonder, there, there, there's so many factors to. I really Ooh. like. I mean, adjacent to what we're talking about is the the. In in Maine, where I mostly live right now, the uh, the light during this time of year is really as good as it gets. It's like it's kind of like bleak and denuded, but it comes in at all these weird angles. It's so far north and white. So you always have these kind of everything looks exactly as yeah. It's like there's no color in it at all. The every it, it, yeah. The, and the, and the day is so short that it's like every every room you're in looks like an Edward Hopper painting. You know, it's it's always these like <laughs> that's like crazy. theater spotlight angles of light. Oh wow! Very cool. I'm, stuff. I'm like thinking like an Edward Hopper Dylan Thomas thing happening now. Like it's kind of crazy in my brain <laughs> when you think. But there is a light. We actually did an interview with same artist Victoria Chick. Um, because we did this whole thing on the Southwest on how all these artists, you know, flocked to the Southwest because of the light. And then we went to Wisconsin and had like the winter of snowstorms. And like for everybody there, they, they didn't think it was a big deal at all. We're like, holy cow, man, we're, we're dying. This is cold. <laughs> but we were in Madison, Wisconsin. So there's pink flamingos all throughout the city um, from the university. Yeah. And so yeah, there yeah. was like pink that, flamingos that in the snow everywhere. And I'm like, this rocks. This is the best thing on the planet. Oh, interesting. So this is cool. Do you know where? Do you know where pink flamingos were invented? Invented. I know about this, the legend behind the Madison ones, but I did not know, like the the actual pink flamingos, like what are in Florida. Actual and pink flamingo, like pink pink flamingo, the like the um the plastic thing. Yeah, was invented in Lemon Lemonster, Massachusetts, which is like no five five miles from where I am right now. No way. Are we going to have a pink flamingo I, conversation? Why do they always end up on these podcasts? He's next to the pink I, flamingo <laughs> factory, Nancy. <laughs> now, see, yeah, he's, he's looking at I, me like, why don't we talk about pink flamingos again? I don't, he I don't was, yeah, it was invented by, oh my God, I, can't, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he was this That's sort of eccentric, eccentric dude crazy. who lived in Lemonster in the mid-century. I, the only other thing I can remember about him is that his... Uh, he and his wife wore exactly the same clothes every day for for, for all their lives. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Like that, they were that, twins? Featherstone, I think. It, I want to say his name was Featherstone. But uh, pink like, flamingos. Uh, Who decided to make them? Yeah. Like, what was it that said, "Okay, I'm going to make a." I think I think he thought it would be like like people will buy this. It's a like a quirky thing, and it was like right at that moment in American culture where it like coincided with 
the, tiki like, bars. explosion of suburbia and yeah exactly like tiki bar culture was huge yeah um, i think the tiki bar well we were in the sultan sea area a couple years back. i was right oh right before covid and we were we i were could talk to you about up. the sultan sea for a thousand years yeah well <laughs> that now that's the whole weird thing on salt right too and and now they want to drill it for lithium i think and um so we're out there and we're on our friend, our way to our friend's place in 29 Palms, where we ended up having a shelter in place and at our bed and breakfast there. And we, we used to be neighbors. We're real good friends. And we go and we're at the Salton Sea and someone stuck a pink flamingo in the Salton Sea, which I thought was hysterical. So I take this photo and I put it up on Instagram. I think it was my old account. You wouldn't believe how many people thought it was a real flamingo. Honest to God, and 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 smart people, smart people that the I know only, thought so. The only bird that can live in the Salton Sea is a plastic flamingo. <laughs> but, oh yeah, that kind of is it, right? I mean, what at that thing is? It's like toxic there. It's like it's a crazy place. So you spent time there, obviously. It is. Did it's you very go to all the crazy places there it's, too. It's kind of <laughs> it's sort of like the only place I've ever been that has felt like evil. <laughs> like, there is a weird like this, vibe. No, no, nothing about this is good. I need to, I need to leave immediately. It's there's a like, weird, yeah, just everything weird, is, there's like yeah. bugs everywhere. There's like, it's like, I think like a lot of well-intentioned things that all went wrong in sequence to, to create this. All I see. think it's when people try to play God and create, yeah it is it is it's like it is like a a per yeah you create a hell gate in in southern california money yep yeah 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 yeah. well money but like also just like like survival for that area it's like like imperial county is is very like you need you need water it's like it was kind of like it was originally created for that right it's like well it's agriculture yeah yeah so um very yeah the Imperial County is very interesting. And I, I like, I, I think I did so much back roads driving before podcasting. We were Southwest blend magazine, digit uh, print. We were print like way back when and online as well. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got our start. Our magazine started 26 years ago. <laughs> we're so old now. And, um, <laughs> all right, we're going to take a day off. Um, but, <laughs> I used to drive all the back roads of the Southwest, like really um, south of Nevada, pretty much. And we we just that whole area. I know all the back roads. It's crazy. Like through Mecca, like if you go up from the Salton Sea oh, wow. up through Mecca, yeah, yeah, you yeah. get this. That, you know what I'm talking about? These agricultural I do, yeah. Kind of along the Colorado River. I saw a rosy boa snake there once, and I was like, that is the coolest thing on the planet. Like rosy boas <laughs> in the desert are just they're pink and i mean they talk about pink flamingos to pink snakes they are you if you see one you are so lucky to see them it's and they are rosy you know they're not bright pink but they're this rosy snake in the desert and i saw one going through mecca and i love going through mecca because it feels like it feels like you could be like in the good, bad, and the ugly at any time. Someone's going to come off a hill and like <laughs> get you with an arrow or something. It feels also very Middle Eastern to me going through there to 29 Palms. And then you can see oh, yeah, the landscape. Oh, yeah, very like high, high desert. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you're actually in the low. You're more in the Colorado desert. And so oh, when you yeah, go from yeah. Mecca great, great. up into Joshua Tree. You can go like it's kind of like even the Sonoran Desert is kind of meeting in the um you know on the eastern part of it like a little bit like a teeny bit, but there's all these crossroads of deserts and when you go out there it's like it feels weird and different like there's just places in like geologically that are fascinating to me and you feel the change in the movement like desert shifts and earthquakes shift things. And you feel like right. you can feel it if you want to feel it, you know, and you stop and chill out in, in those places. And then you get into Joshua Tree, go up towards 29 Palms through the park, and you can see the desert change. Like Toya Cactus start going into boulders and Joshua Trees and, you know, into the high desert that you're talking about. It's in, And then we're in the Mojave, you know. It's amazing mm-hmm. to be part of those, to to be able to travel through those changes. Like, Salton Sea is still Colorado Desert and and 
you know, to the the west of it is Anzabrego Desert State Park. And it's like, what, 600,000 acres of desert. I think it's the largest desert state park in California, at least. I don't know if the country. Have you, did you do Anzabrego too? Yeah, it's 600,000 acres. That's huge for a state park. Oh, that that is huge. Yeah, we used to camp out there. You can go camp anywhere there. They have backcountry camping. You just go park and camp. And I've done it. Tons of time. I know. I always get a little. I mean, my entire life is spent in cars that will die at any moment. So I, mm-hmm. I always feel very, very vulnerable in desert. Don't put that juju <laughs> where... on us. Don't you do that? Because our I know. the bottom. Listen, the bottom of our car is. This is, high. This is more about my kidding. neuroses than uh, <laughs> than no, your juju. Bottom, no, the the bottom of our car, the the plastic covering is zip tied. Some guy in Walmart oil, oil change zip tied it for us. Because it's falling down from going <laughs> on stupid roads. So, but yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have similar philosophies in that case. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes you just zip tie it. Just that's all you need to do. <laughs> so yeah, so you've been all over. Now I remember last year you've done. You were at forty nine states. Have you made it to the fiftieth state? No, no, oh, I, it's not a priority. Delaware. Delaware. No, Still no, Delaware. I think. I think it it'll it, I drive through Delaware all the time. Um, but you haven't performed there. Yet. I'm honest. Nope. No, no. And and I love Delaware. So it seems I'm like a it's kind friends. of like one of the quirkiest state in the states in the country. You never um, know if you're in Delaware or Maryland or like like I still get Yeah, on. they're both kind of yeah, they're kind of It seems like Delaware was created out of like like a, a legal excuse to not be part of Maryland. <laughs> but uh, mm. yeah, no, I, I, I've just, the, the problem I've backed into now is that because I played in every other state, like to play in Delaware would be like a huge deal. And since no one in Delaware knows who the heck I am, it would like, no one would come to a show. So it, it would have to be like, um, yeah, I just have to wait for the right thing to happen. I wouldn't want to like go down and play in a bar in Delaware and like knock it off the list. I feel like oh, it has to be either I, it has to be epic. Yeah, either either I die having played in forty nine states, or like a really no. cool thing happens in, Del- in Delaware that that um, that I that I'll go down there for. I uh, I well doesn't seem doesn't seem you, impossible. There's a lot of cool stuff in Delaware. There's a there's yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. I, I'm, I'm up in that area. I think if if I were if I were like working with like a, I don't know, like a park or something down there, that would feel justified. Can't you do something? But I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go down people? and like play in. The... Maybe that would it, well, no part no part of Delaware is on the Chesapeake Bay. I don't think they're all. It isn't. It's I all... see. This is where I'm twirled around because we're okay. So what's the Delmarva thing again? Delaware. Del. Yes, but so Virginia. the Delmarva. Delaware, Maryland, or like Maryland Eastern Shore, and all of Delaware, and that little weird detail of Virginia that I don't understand why it's part of Virginia. In Virginia, I had a fun time there, but the um, huh? But but the Chesapeake Bay is also the west of that peninsula. Okay, so so you can play on the bridge. Like I was just thinking, that crazy bridge. (laughs) It would be cool to play that bridge. I think you, the yeah, bridge this is entirely is... within Virginia. Hmm. Yeah, or and oh, maybe wow. I mean I don't even know how that works. That might be like, you know, if you leave state, ah, uh, no, it's probably still close enough to that bridge is wild. But you're talking about the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Yeah, yeah, that. To nay nay, where you not for yeah. me. This is where I of... close my eyes and keep driving and have white knuckles. Oh my god, I love it. You you kind of like it's like being a dolphin. You like you go underwater, you pop back up, you go underwater, you pop back up. Mm. Yeah, it's okay for other <laughs> people to do it. I just listen to Bob Marley. Like Bob Marley on mountain passes and bridges, and I'm okay. If I don't do Bob Marley, it's out. It's like it's like a hypnotism thing that I've done to my brain. Like this is what you're going to play and you'll be fine. It's your, it's your okay song. You know, it's all going to be all right. <laughs> you know, just do that. We'll be fine. You'll get across. But now I want to go back to. I mean, he's, he's been right so far. He's always right. Bob Marley is always right. <laughs> and we need more Bob Marley in the world. I'm just saying. But um, with bearings now out, it just released, yep. right? October. So that's exciting. So now you're touring. I know we are always touring and traveling. 
Are you doing any more residencies that we should know about, especially for 2024? Um, yeah, I, I just began. It's funny you should ask. I, I just I can't remember if you were recording yet or not when we talked about this, but I, I was in. Um, I just got back to New England yesterday from uh, this new residency I'm doing in with the Upper Minnesota. Oh my God! Sorry, <laughs> the Upper Mississippi River National uh, Wildlife and Fish Refuge, which oh. runs from uh, like roughly like Winona, Minnesota, down through all, all along the river, through one of my favorite parts of the country, the Driftless Area. Um, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, and kind of stops just a little bit north of the Quad Cities. Um, wow, that's huge! So. Huge, but it's all, it's very, it's very interestingly, like it was created, um, the the reason they, I'm their first artist in residence and they, they brought me out there because their hundredth anniversary is next year. Um, and the reference was was created because of like the, it was like around the time that the lower Mississippi river was being kind of, um, like terraformed into the, into like kind of what it is now, these like a lot of the lower Mississippi River is very agricultural. There's all these kind of flood, like floodplain, like fields that are like, you know, protected by levee. Actually, probably not far from where you are too. Like what a lot of the Mississippi River has wrought. Um, it's been like a, <laughs> weirdly, like a fisherman was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, because it would have made this like a narrow, it would have cre- converted the whole upper Mississippi River into like this narrow shipping channel. Um, and then a bunch of, you know, levee protected fields. And so instead of that, what it is, what it is now, it's like the series of locks and dams and like various pools. So they're like, it's sort of like strategically flooded in places and, they, and they've, they've rebuilt a bunch of islands that allow like the bird populations that have migrated along this corridor for ages and ages and ages to keep doing that. Um, and it's, it's the refuge kind of coexists on land owned by the army Corps of engineers. That's interesting. Um, all along that. Yeah. It's, it's really, really fascinating. I'm, I'm learning kind of more and more about it every day. So don't quote me that on is- too many of these facts, but it's, this is what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, yeah, it's so because there's so much to all of it, right? When you go to a park, it's like, and you have as a resident, like when you were in Hawaii volcanoes with National Parks Arts Foundation, being an artist in residence, don't you get to have a little bit more, like, inside information of the park, like some of the archives, being able to people dig in. People are those. more people are more forthcoming with it. That's for sure. Like, you you have to kind of know what to ask for. I find, but um, yeah, I've done a bunch of artist residencies now, and I, I find that the best way to go about them is to kind of go into the, you know, explain that, like, these are the things I'm interested in, and this is what I have historically written about, and um, this is why I want to be there, and then when you get there, never go in with any idea about what you want to say about the place. I feel like you have to kind of spend all your time there learning as much as you can, and then... yeah. You know, at the end of it, maybe a year later, you create a thing that is, you know, a response to all the stuff that you've sponged up <laughs> during that time. But right now I'm in the sponging stage, so oh, I don't yet know what exciting. I'm going to say about the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah, glad like that you I, do when stuff I went to Hawaii, on the Midwest. I, I only knew that I, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, I love the Midwest. Big, big, big I, Midwestern. I just feel like people need to know more about it and about the region and you know, there's just a simplicity to life there. And I think people appreciate like the good yeah. weather, right? Um, well, so good, yeah, I don't know. It's famously kind of bad weather. <laughs> no, in like Minnesota and Wisconsin. Oof. Some crazy weather over there, but it's beautiful too. But the sun is it not is beautiful. Warm. Yes. Now, when you're in Massachusetts, oh, is the sun true. warm in winter? Or is it still like like there's nothing? It's no, nice it's to cold. see light. That's weird. Uh, winter, isn't it? winter, winter in like winter in New England is. Had, if you go north enough, it's nice because it's just like 
Ooh, Good have you ever seen the Northern Lights? Um, you know what? I don't think I have. Ah, oh, we almost saw them, and then I've it was seen... too overcast. And when we were in Manaqua, they were coming, and it just was nope. Um, I know it's that never I been get... in the right place at the right time. No, well, Dr. John will sing to you then, you know, <laughs> be in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but hey, in the is, wrong. I know there's so much stuff to, to um, experience. Do you feel like as much as you've been traveling on the road, do you feel like you've seen a whole bunch or do you feel still like sometimes we go places, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have to start over and I've never done anything. Like sometimes, you know, there's these like moments of I'm still so far away from knowing anything because the more you start learning, sometimes you feel like, Holy cow, I know nothing. You know what I mean? And, oh, and I mean, yeah, this yeah, in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very comfortable in that way, line of thinking. I think like, I, 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 I had a really, really great teacher of, uh, I took a, a nonfiction writing class um, in college and people need um, to know you're an who, essayist and a writer, environmental, you know, you, everyone. Oh, yeah, 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 com. He, he, he does a lot. <laughs> whatever people will pay me to do. Um, but but he, he had this really great piece of advice that I've thought about, like, uh, alarmingly frequently. Um, but he, he said, like, the thing about being a generalist, because he was a generalist. He, he, would, he was like a magazine writer. He would write, you know, for Harper's and The New Yorker and New York Times oh. Magazine about the kind of but he didn't really have a beat it would be like you know here's this story here's this story he said like the thing about being a generalist is that you know you're always going to be the dumbest person in the room wherever you go and you have to like embrace that and Mm. i remember hearing that at the time and thinking like you know i can do that (laughs) so i've I've (laughs) spent my whole career being the dumbest person in the room and i i i I wouldn't have it any other way i i yeah, I'm, I'm the dumbest person how... in the room, but I'm also the only person that can convert the conversation into a, like a piece of piano music. So it helps I know that's what I was going to ask. How way. are you doing this <laughs> on the road? How are you traveling? And how did you put bearings out when you do so much travel? Did you like take notes and then go to one place? Like what you're saying when you actually recorded it, right? You you go to one place and well, and I guess that, we, did, but... we we sort of skipped over the um. I, um an important fact about how bearings happened and which makes it different from all of my other albums is that the, the, the kind of animating concept behind it and the thing that holds all those songs together is that instead of doing what I normally do, which is like obsessively overthink all of these songs before I record them, like make sure they're like, you know, exactly the way I want them down to the note and then go to the studio. Mm. Um, I decided that because I was thinking a lot about how I kind of engage with landscapes in real life, like kind of what we've been talking about, um, which is a lot of like, I, I feel like I need to kind of move around, like walk over them and see them from 50 different angles before I feel like I kind of understand them at all. or like mm-hmm. know how I feel about them. And um, I thought a good way to illustrate that would be to, book all the studio time and then go in with nothing pre-record pre-written just like a list of all the landscapes i wanted to write about and the ideas i wanted to write about and the concepts i wanted to write about but no notes like or no musical notes rather no music pre-written so every one of the songs on bands is kind of an improvisation it's it's i knew wow. the thing i wanted to illustrate but i had to like move as fast as i could in the studio at that time and I would give myself like five takes, six takes to kind of like wow. carve out a song but I had to do it as fast as I could. Um, wow. And that felt you know very, what, oh, it really served real. it well I think. The, 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 the volcano one in particular I think was like huh. uh, because it's all about movement and like, like finding your way to something each take of that song kind of landed someplace different and I liked that that's exactly how a volcano would work, you know? <laughs> Kind well, of the same then, way, and then but, all this lava yeah. belches everywhere, and then like winds up someplace else. Did did you like look at photos to take you back to those places, or meditate, or anything to kind of take you back? Because when you are in these parks, right, I think texture is everything. Like you could walk through, like in a prairie, there could be you know frost on the grass, you know, and just that crunch totally. of those sounds, right? So there's all these yeah. textures uh, yeah, in, a, it, in a park. 
Yeah, I think what the, 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 the pre-recording work that I did was a lot of like, and like when I, when I ever do a residency, like when I was in Hawaii, I was like journaling a lot. So every day, every time I observed something, I'd write about it. And then I'll kind of like chew on that for a while. So what, like by the time I went in to do my song about volcanoes, I knew the point I wanted to make by doing it, you know, mm. like the, like this will be a song about this and maybe it'll have like roughly this shape. But I, I tried to stop myself from, from thinking beyond that before the. Yeah. You don't over edit. Yeah. Don't overproduce before you record it. And then, but then after all the piano stuff was done, then <laughs> my friend Dan Cardinal and I produced the album. We then spent like another eight months, like <laughs> obsessively producing it. <laughs> so there's all these cool layers. Oh, of, like, okay. You know, synthesizers and percussion and, and stuff underneath all the piano parts. That, that Do are, you that, feel that like in helped. a way that by you doing this improvisation, it's like, it's almost like being, it's kind of it, it it's a challenge right but it's also mm-hmm. in a way very purist and i don't mean purist in the you know white linens kind of thing i mean purist in like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just in the integrity to the land and to your feelings emotion and and allowing some that other you're allowing the the process to take to have its space as well so it's not like Absolutely. i've written it this is perfect and this has to be but i'm going to allow the process to also be like a co-creator that makes any sense no no it does totally absolutely and that that was like a big part of it like the the a a big part of wanting to record this album this way was like because i felt like the process was kind of i wanted the process to reflect again like the experience of a landscape like how how you discover a place and like learn its contours and find out it goes like i like the idea you have to kind of like move around the piano to find the song mm. in much the same I, way that I move around the landscape to find like what I want to write about. <laughs> I think, I think it just, I think you know, this is where maybe we talked about this on the last podcast. Cause I think you're one of the few, few people we talk to on the show that do what we all do kind of thing. And when you travel so much, we always talk about like, when you go somewhere, you're leaving your mark in some way. Even if it's a footprint, um, as they say, you know, don't leave your trash. You know, you leave only a footprint. Mm-hmm. But even leave that, leave only footprint. I feel it. Yeah, um, there's something you. I feel like there's a, um, and I'm not trying to be woo woo and weird, but there is like you've left something there, energetically, and I call it deja vu dust. That it, like you're when you leave, something from that place has has actually attached itself to you. And when you go back, that's part of a new landscape, like what we're talking about, that movement thing. And you go back, it's going to be, you're going to find similar, you're going to find like things you remember and then things have changed. And yet you can still kind of go back to that weird sense memory that it's smell, it's sight, it's text. There's just an atmosphere even. And sometimes you can go back to a place and go, all right, the atmosphere is so changed. I'm not into it anymore. And not normally in a park, but maybe th- I've seen things in parks that I'm like um, public lands and stuff. Some of them that I'm like, oh, like somebody clear cut all this forest that I used to really love. Now my feeling doesn't feel that great after that. So things like that yeah. is, is a is a weird thing. But I feel like there's something that we internalize, and then that's kind of from listening to you and, and listening to your music so much. I feel like that you're pretty much processing that as you every, that every, every, every place is just a place in time you know it's like the and it's at that that's been a hard thing for me to kind of record with in writing music about it but I, in a way it's kind of freeing you know so um, are you going to write a book to go with your music like if you've written all these journals <laughs> I don't right, know. and then do something it would be kind of cool to have like here's the album here's a book like actual tactile things, right? Maybe the LP or, you know. Um, but here's the actual, like a book of journaling that you can, you know, obviously edit up as you want with some illustrations or photos or something so that people can kind of see that behind the scenes, kind of like a Christopher I know. Canvas, if, I think. If, you know if any of your I mean? listeners, 
if any of your listeners are literary agents, tell them to <laughs> tell them to write to me. <laughs> it would be cool. It would be cool. It would be know? cool. Yeah. I, I I would love to do that at some point, but it's uh, it's yeah. a lot of work it's, on top of everything, right? It's a lot of work. So it's a lot of work. I would yeah. I would I would want to know it was going somewhere. I think before I started it. So we'll being an artist in residence, there's so many so many parks, right? Um, do you think doing things like Hawaii Volcanoes helps you as an artist, you know, in your resume and to go do other residencies? Like the more residencies you have, does that help you get more residencies? Um, I, I would say 1,000%, but maybe not in the way you mean. I, I, I think uh, I don't really get asked for my resume very often, you know? Um, mm. Like I've never, I've never had of- to like... Uh, yeah, it's, it's more kind of that it helps me. Every residence I, I do provides like a writing prompt, you know, like you, like, you know, like here, write a song about Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, write a song about the Upper Mississippi National Wild, 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 Wildlife cool. Refuge. Um, and well, it helps me kind of build up my catalog of piano music and it gives me new things to talk about on stage every night. And it kind of helps me, I mean, I care a lot about these places and I care a lot about the institutions that support them. And it get, it makes me feel kind of um, helpful by highlighting them every night, you know, as I go about my, I think it's awesome you know, that you're shining the spotlight on parks when you perform, you know, that's such a cool thing for people. To understand I feel very lucky to be able to do it. Yeah. I but think it's cool. So yeah. In, in, in that sense, I, I it's absolutely, it helps me. Um, mm. But I, I, yeah, I haven't, I've never really thought of it as a, like, the more of these you do, the easier it is to get other ones. Kind like of a business, like, right. I, I know what you mean. I'm just saying, does it help, yeah. like, for yeah, art, it, other artists it, doing it? You know, because artists look at doing a residency and it's, it, for you, you travel, so it's part of your lifestyle. But for other artists, you know, whether it's a painter or a musician or a writer, it, it's like, oh, I'm going to take a month off. That's like, we all say, yay, that's cool. But it's, it's not a month off. And, it yeah, is exactly. um, an think, application process and it is work to do, but the value is so massive if you can pull it off and, and I think, take away I think from you it. have to, I think you have to care about, I do hear from a lot of people who know that I've done a lot of artist residencies and want to like, you know, just like asking for recommendations and things. But in a lot of cases, they are looking for like, I just need to take two months to like, yeah, get away from my, you know, <laughs> my job and my toddler and work on a novel. <laughs> and that's not, I've never done a residency like that. They're always kind of like. Yeah, it doesn't work that I way. Mean, the most productive residencies I've done have always been like uh, very uncomfortable. Like in many, like this isn't the first one. This one in Minnesota and Wisconsin is not the first one I've done where I'm the first time they've had an artist in residence. Um. That's cool because you can work together to make the experience better for everybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, You're a pioneer. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) uh, I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, me and my covered wagon, we go from. (laughs) But yeah, no, for for me, it's more about like like finding. I, I find it exciting to be presented with like. You know, please like wander around this place and figure out what's weird or interesting about it, and like make something about it. Um, that well, I'll I'll, I'll that, do that forever. I know that's how we feel about going to communities too, and parks, communities, and we're always trying to put the parking community closer and the visiting community closer to the park to understand the roots, the history, the geology, the nature, all of those amazing facets that you know about. And um, one thing we tend to see in just about every place we go is that we'll find something absolutely fascinating that is completely like, Oh yeah, yeah. We see this every day. And, or that we, you know, we see it so much that we don't realize how, you know, amazing it is. And we see that especially more in the community than in the park because the park rangers and um, whether it's a wildlife refuge or a national park are always like, yeah, check this out, check this out. And they get so excited if you, are excited about something or find something new. And sometimes there's questions and they're like, Hey, I don't know. Now we're, we're going to go find somebody who does know, you know, and that's exciting for everybody. 
And so to me, that's interesting, but there's also that, you know, I find that in, in park communities, some, you know, you could be living at the base of Mount Rainier and go, oh yeah, I see it every day. Who cares? I'm not, I haven't been to the park since I was a kid. And now they're like in their sixties or seventies that can happen to people. And I'm like, I, I, do you go places like if you, where you're in a park and you go, dude, if I lived here, I'd be in this park every morning walking or doing something, you know what I mean? Whereas sometimes. Hi. Yeah, I, it's hard to guard against. Though. I mean, I feel like it happens everywhere. I mean, even places that aren't yeah. parks. Like I live. Like, yeah. I mean, just like for an easy example, Portland, Maine. It's 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 like mm-hmm. you can walk around this town every day, and like it, it, there's just like gorgeous, commanding views of Casco Bay, and you can see like like ships coming in, and like all these islands kind of like reaching out to the horizon, and like. Most of the time when I'm there, I don't think about that at all. You know, I, I'm thinking about like where I've got to be, like how I'm going to, like, oh, like where, uh, oh, I can't park on this side of the street tonight. Yeah, this like, is life, <laughs> like, life. Like, That's the thing, life. Exactly. That, that is where life it's, it's, gets in the way of, so, yeah, while you're busy making other plans. It just, I do feel like a part of my work. And I, I think, like, I mean, certainly of yours as well is like reminding people to pay attention to the broader circumstances of their surroundings, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, and doing like where, it, wherever you so are, beautiful. it's probably beautiful in some way. And you just have to kind of like think about the ways in which that is true. I haven't, I don't know that. one place. No, I do. It's just, you know, you have to realize sometimes you have bad trips. <laughs> there are some, there are some bad places. <laughs> There's some bad trips that you experience in life, right? And so you can't nail it. You go back to that place at a different time in a different season and see in a different circumstance and see if you like it. So you can't really say, you know, this place sucks because sometimes know, it's just a I, circumstance, you know, there's a couple places. Yeah. And I, I think only one really one in this country on our tour that I'm like, hell no, I'm never going back. And you know, it's not true. We will, but right <laughs> now, no, you know, and I'm not saying it. Well, that's funny. I, I remember we were, to, I mean, to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, maybe this will like tie it up. We we talk about the Salton Sea, which like yeah is the most the most unpleasant place I think I've ever been. Yet there are things about it that I find kind of that are like endlessly fascinating and like weirdly beautiful. I don't know. I feel like if you look at any place long enough, you'll find things that are. Well, help me with Salt Lake know? City, okay? Because that's my problem. <laughs> it's like my Salt Lake City. Is... Oh man, I can. That, I mean, it is a weird one. <laughs> It, it is it is and when we went to the salt lake we're like really and then i'm like no it's interesting geology so it's like you have the only way to get through I'll it send, is to deep dive in to it i'll i'll send you my, my favorite photograph that i've ever taken i took uh, on the great salt lake are you kidding um, me well i'm going to send yeah, you a photo absolutely. of a pink flamingo it's, so there it's, it is it's like it's like <laughs> yeah exactly i'll send you an article about the guy that created the, the big flamingo, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, so, so like, there's a great used bookstore in Salt Lake City. Um, Actually, the Capitol yeah. complex I thought had some great art, and there was some nice parts. So I, it, no matter what, I always find something positive, and it was just an interesting experience um, that we had, and and it was built up with other circumstances. So that's what I'm saying. You can the go to wide, a place. The like, widest streets anywhere in America. Well, you know what it is? Sometimes you have a, and travelers go through this all the time. And I would, it's so important that like to shake off the travel blues, right? You could be on the road and go through car accidents and all kinds of stuff, right? And be late at a place. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to your destination, you're completely pissed off not a happy camper or upset or tired. Well, you, you're just, your attitude's not where it should be. And that can affect the community that you're in. That can have distort your view. And it's so important sometimes to just go to bed and get up. <laughs> like Just close it down, close, <laughs> close whatever your external, like they say, don't bring your personal luggage to work. It's the same thing when you travel, get rid of it if you can. Or sometimes travel helps you move through it. But don't allow it to poison the water that you're standing in, you know. And yeah, I think that kind of happened good... with Salt Lake City a little bit. It's like don't like wherever you're going, you can have your baggage, but don't put it on the town. Don't don't lay it there. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. 
And that's just being a responsible traveler. Don't don't be crabby. Like get on with it, you know. So it's hard, yeah, it's true. You 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 aren't allowed for better or for worse. Like no, no. Well, Ben, it has been more than a pleasure having you back on the show. Please keep us posted about the Mississippi River, uh, the Upper Mississippi River, uh, you know, residency Absolutely. that you're doing. We really would love to hear how that goes and whatever we can do to promote it. We absolutely are here to do that. So, oh, well, always... yeah, let's be. Thank you, thank you for listening to Bearings. I, I, I really oh appreciate my your God. kind words about Nancy the and I love it. Nancy will be will be making a video. Make no mistake. There, there. Excellent. Just, oh, I, I can't it, wait to see it. No, because she's just like, I want to make a video. I want to make a video. I want to make. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like stop saying that so we can keep hearing the music. <laughs> like I'll ask, you know. So she really wants to do that, and because there is so much texture, you have so much texture in your music, which means you you get out and and observe the small and the big. You know, it it you can't observe yeah. the big and take wonder without looking at the small things. So that's what uh, landscape really is that. all about. I love it. See, that's it. Oh. I always take a photo of, I don't care about taking a close-up of a bald eagle. I want the bald eagle in the landscape far away so people understand its habitat, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. It's important to... Cool stuff. To, yeah, it's good stuff. Everyone, bencosgrove.com. Of course, the National Parks Arts Foundation. Go check them out at nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Awesome residencies for artists, musicians, writers, poets, filmmakers, photographers, you name it. Whatever you do in the arts, check it out. And, of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thanks so much, Ben, and have a wonderful rest of the year. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you again. You too. Thank you for joining us here on Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toast to the Arts and Parks show with the National Parks Arts Foundation. Learn more about their amazing park artist residency programs. Go to nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.